0: A shot right on. Riddick gets behind him.
1: Scores! J.J. Paterka stayed with it. This is going to be turned over right to Greenway with a shot. Scores! Cousins right side. Shot. Scores! Far circle. Here comes a shot. That one scores! That's in the net. Erasmus Dalene. Here's Benson in front. Scores! It's Alex Tuck from the right. touch scores! Tuck with a shot. Save made to the rebound. Scores!
0: You're listening to Jeremy and Joe on the home of the Sabres. WGR Sports Radio 550.
1: This song is awesome. It is timeless, this song. It is timeless. Came out in 1990... 1990... Give me a 96. Final answer? It's Machine Head at 16 stone off the Bush album. Bush was my first favorite band, and I played this album Into the Ground. 1996. Yeah, 96. What do you got? April 9th, 1996. Let's go. Right on it. Junior year of high school for me. In, that's that's a good that's a sweet spot. And you are going to re- I think you're more likely to remember exact years in like the high school years. Do you know what oh, makes definitely. this one easy to remember? And this is funny you played this. I have a I have one of those topics we do where I ask you I, or, or the the, com- the conversation is I bet you have no idea that yeah. we used to do this. Never heard of it. Yeah. 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 I got I got to save for later for the two of you. Something you the two of you probably don't even know existed that I was thinking about yesterday. Okay. And it kind of re- revolves around why was I able to place this so well to 96? Because I could drive and listen to this album. <laughs> I, in 1996. With what, a cassette player? I, uh-huh. That kind of gets to the conversation, but I don't want to get to it yet. Okay, I want more pe- No, it wasn't okay. cassette. I want, I want more people to wake up. But right. I, cu- I could drive, and you, know, you, l- you get your learner's permit or whatever at 17, and yeah. I could drive and listen to this album, and I would have turned 17 in 1996. Yeah. So that's my... My touchstone for when 16 stone came out was 96. He was rolling down the windows with the hand crank and trying not to... Did uh, did Did I Accidentally give away what this is. Did I have power windows in my 1988 Dodge Daytona? No. I don't think so. A 1988 Dodge Daytona, and you're telling me that had automatic windows back then? I think my next car, a 1993 Pontiac Grand Prix, did. Nice. Yeah. Okay. But I don't think the Daytona had power windows. The Daytona had... (laughs) All right, let's go down memory lane. You ready for this? The Daytona had those pop-up lights. And oh, I've yeah. Seen, I, the, the, something I've only seen in movies and I'm pretty sure I've never seen in real life. Okay. Well, the like, lights that, like, once the car turns on, they pop up? If you turn the lights on, the lights Or the lights up. go on, yeah. and they turn, pop up. Some yeah. some cars still have that. Mod- like I think, like, Corvettes might. Cor- whatever. Corvettes. They did, at least, until recently. Let's play okay. a fun game. How much did I pay for my first car? My 1988 Dodge Daytona. That I would have purchased, probably right around 1996. 1996. What did I pay for a 1988 Dodge Daytona? Good morning, by the way, Jeremy and Joe. The Sabers won by seven last night. We'll get to that. We got plenty on that. to use the, like one of my uh, millionaire lifelines and ask like what what a gallon of milk cost back oh, in 1996. That I don't know. Okay. How about uh, what did, I'm in the hundreds? How many miles were on the car? <laughs> I <have> no idea. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. I'm gonna guess like 800 bucks. I'll go 950, 700 dollars. Wow, we went over. I bought a <laughs> I bought a <laughs> I did car, not think I would go over a car for 700 bucks, 700 dollars, and that thing drove. It's like what my next irons are gonna cost. <laughs> That's right. 700 dollars. Did wow. it have the little triangle windows, like you know the ones where? Yeah, you, I think so. Because yeah. it would have been a, it would have been a two door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where you had to like push the f- seat forward and climb back in there. Yep. A da- an '88 Daytona was a two-door hatchback kind of car. An '88 yep. Daytona. Looking when did it, when did those go out of business? When did the, when Dodge stopped making the Daytonas? Yeah, boy, it's a good question. So that's a that's a that's your first car. That's my first car. That's it's a, a good looking it, first car. It was kind of it was gold. I say it was gold.
0: It was yeah, I mean gold. it's it's
1: a little sporty. Yeah, it's, that's that's the thing right i mean if i'm driving around in high school with that thing i feel like i'm king of the world <laughs> yeah. i think i worked three jobs to save up money and buy that 1988 dodge daytona for <laughs> 700 dollars. I, I mean th- this is an inflation joke imagine working three jobs to save up for 700 yeah. <laughs> well i mean again i was 17 <laughs> no right yeah so it's not like you had a lot of money yeah wow Ah, uh, the good old days mm-hmm what was your first car Camry O2 02. 02 Camry, not sporty at all. Like, <laughs> like this eighty eight Daytona, sunroof, not power windows. You know, I, I still had the CD player in there. Still had the CD player. In fact, I had because wait, 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 I would have it, had my phone by then. It's funny for you to say it still had the CD player. Like, yeah, I mean, cars had. Do c- they even still now have CD players? They do. Finally, my last two cars have had CD players. Really. Sometimes okay. they have them and you don't even know they're there because it's just a slim line. Yeah, okay. And you can put it in and you might have a car for 5 years and not even know you can play CDs. It is possible. I want to say it's possible than my last car that I had for like 6 years, I had it that entire time and maybe there was a CD player and I just <laughs> didn't know the whole time. I got one of the, I had to get my my first car because this would bleed in from what, 2002 to I've got my smartphone, which is what I'm playing all my music from. A lot, a lot of you know technology transition in that time had to buy one of those things that they exist. You put yeah, the plug, cassette player well, in; it plugs the cassette tape plugs into your phone and converts it somehow. Yeah, did I you don't have, know how it worked, it, but it worked. Well, the thing I was going to save for—did you know that we did this? Oh, am, I, am I stealing it? No, that was cassette? it. So you, you got you guys do know about that? Yes, yeah, that technology, which is. What, like the height of engineering? How did we do that? It doesn't make sense. Like, how does it work? How did we do that as a society? Well, we did it. Are you just talking about cassettes in general, or are you talking about cassettes turning into your smartphone music? Well, because- cassettes... Because before they turned into your smartphone music, you plugged them into your CD player. You So you'd have a little right. Sony Discman in the car and plug the thing in, and the tape would go in the tape deck and it would play the Discman in your tape deck the same way that your smartphone did. Yeah. And this is so funny that we're getting this right away, just kind of organically. The thing I wanted to ask you if you'd ever experienced was a Sony, like a Discman, because to have that Mm -hmm. in your car as I'm driving around Auburn, New York in 1996 and 97 with Mm -hmm. a Dodge Daytona is if you went over a pothole, the music stopped for like 30 seconds because you're playing a CD. Yeah. The CD Uh, player would skip. Yeah. So you're driving, you're driving and boom, you hit a pothole and it'd be silent until the CD could, the laser could find the CD again. And continue playing. Wait, what are we? T- we're talking about a c- now we're talking about a CD. Yes, I think I'm, I think I'm I lost. I, missed, I he, missed something. He's here. saying he took the CD player, like a little CD player. Discman, a portable a CD. Disc- player. Disc- used to be a, and plugged it into I don't the know car. What is. So this is great. He did not know what a Sony like what a discman was. I don't know. what I mean, what a I don't discman know exactly is. what that is, but I had like a a modern portable CD player. Do you know what a Walkman is? Yeah, a, I know what a Walkman is. A Walkman is a little tape player you walk around with. Yeah, yeah. a discman was that with discs. We had those. Okay. Isn't that just a player? It's just a player, though, yeah, right? Yeah, it's a CD player. It's a CD player. The a personal CD player. But it wasn't, like, in the, like, what, the dash itself? No, this was, car- you car- you could put it around your neck if okay. you wanted to. I mean, it wasn't exactly the easiest thing in the world. They were kind of cumbersome because they were the size of a CD and flat. But, yeah, we did that for a while. Okay. This big, I'm looking now this big bulky thing we were oh, walking yeah. around with. I mean, bulky at the time it felt like it was the coolest thing on earth. Yeah, it's massive. If you were a cool kid, you had one of those. Massive. It's like taking up half my nightstand. It looks like next <laughs> to me. That's probably right. Uh Josh, first car? You're gonna be like, oh, 2013, so and so. I had a I had my uh, my dad's old 3 F350 with like 100,000 wow. miles on it. It was. It was a yep. big old truck with, like, no gas mileage whatsoever, but got me from point A to point B. It was great in the snow. Had no problems in the snowstorms. A couple tweets coming in. First car, Kyle, 88 Caprice Classic. Mm-hmm. Another one from uh, Andrew. I drove an 88 Daytona, my second car. Nice. My Daytona had pop-up lights and power windows. That's from Aaron. So maybe my Daytona did have power windows in 1988. Anyway. Maybe that was a package. Kyle Redson, a My mom had a Grand Prix around that year model when I was a kid. Never seen anything like it since. Those weird door handles and the crazy dashboard buttons. Mm-hmm. Ah, memories. Anti-skip technology. Anti skip, <laughs> yeah. Panasonic had anti skip <laughs> technology. Brandon wrote that into us. We needed anti anti skip. Man, I wanna, can I find a commercial and ad for that? Yeah. You can still buy it, by the way. There's a uh, look right here for sale for not much more than your uh, seven hundred bucks back in the day. What's that for an '88 Daytona? Ah, oh, should have kept it. Look at the value it held. Still, like can go up that much. It's how not, much? Like, is it, how much is it now? Twenty. You can get a, a pretty beat up one for like twenty nine hundred bucks. Wow. You are telling me I could have held on to that 88 Daytona this whole time and profited for 30 years uh, and there, for triple, 20 years triple triple the value. money, yeah. I flipped it. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Who wants this 88 Daytona that I flipped? Although now does it classify as an antique? V- vintage. Vintage. I don't think antique. You got to get you got to get to vintage before you get to antique. Okay. Antique I think means you can't use it anymore. I thought it was just years.
0: It comes an antique right. after
1: 25 years. If I think of if something's called an antique, I'm thinking I can't use it the way that it would have been intended. It's only it's going on a shelf or it's going on display and that's it. If I hear something is vintage, okay. I think I can still I have an answer for can still you. use it. A vintage car is something made between 1919 and 1930. An antique is any car older than 45 years old. And a classic car uh-huh. Is twenty years or older. So there you go. Antique forty-five. So they're telling me that that, that old Dodd- Camry that I had was a, is now a classic a, car. It's a classic car. Well, not anymore because it. I don't think it exists anymore. Here, listen. To round out the story on what happened to my first car, I sold it. You know, not, like, for much, to my cousin for it to be her first car when I got a new car, and then when she got rid of it, she sold it to, like, one of those demolition derbies. Oh. My car's fate, it suffered the fate. The end of its its car life was being, what, toppled by a monster truck. (laughs) Boy, would you- Deserved, it deserved better. Would you want that? Did you watch it? No, I didn't want no, to. You I, learned, br- I learned about this after the fact. Oh, it was probably see, like in a pile somewhere. That's the only thing I'd be upset about. If you're going to do that to my first car, I want to watch it happen and say goodbye. Yes. It's also crazy to do it to a Camry. Camrys go forever. <laughs> that's like. right. They have oh, yeah. crazy mileage. But oh, I would, yeah. would want to see Truckosaurus smash my car, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, good morning, Jeremy and Joe. Paul will join us at 7, recap of Sabres' victory over the Kings where they blew him out. Nice day for the Sabres. And uh, I've got a Twitter poll up about the Bills, got a big conversation last night. I was was up in bed at 11 o'clock last night, you know, going back and forth with a stranger on the idea of trading digs. We'll get to that. But the thing I had about the Sabres to open up, hmm, will this be a good year, worth it, if they miss the playoffs, but they have a real number one goalie? Because You're saying if they I'm miss saying, by ten points, yep. but but the thing that comes End out of it day, is w- Right now, Lukanen has four shutouts. The league lead is six, right? And yep. Lukanen's goal save above expected is, is climbing up. He yeah. might just be hot. Yep. But he's in like the top fifteen among all goalies yeah. right now. Like well, we we mentioned last week that he was in the top thirty-two, which is like he's a, he's a number one goalie. He's a legit. He's playing this year number one goalie, and now he's playing. He's playing his way into, like, this season he's been one of the the best dozen goalies in the league. Yeah, Some of the the advanced numbers point to best dozen goalies in the league. Like, there's not many guys that you can point to, like Hellebuck, Demko, you know, Olmark. There's a few that, like, yeah, they've been better. But four shutouts, and he's playing every game. Yeah. Levi's played one of the last 11, and Comrie hasn't played in two months. Like, it is all Lukanen. It's kind of amazing he's played this well and they, you know, haven't really gained any ground in the standings. No. And they're gonna keep riding him. I don't know. Yeah, you, like you'd like to make the playoffs, of course. Like that's the goal. If if there's one silver lining to come out of it, we've seen the rest of their roster have their glow up moments, Tage and Cousins, and we've seen great play from Darlene. It's kind of a shame, Joe, because if Luken played like this last year, the Sabres finished what, in like second in the division? Like, they're awesome. Goaltending sank them last year. And right now, he's great for them. He, at the end of last year, I mean, Levi showed up, and Lukanen wasn't even the backup. Like, they were playing their most important games of the year, where they were still in the race. And they told you they did not trust him, because he never played. Levi showed up. Comrie was even playing a little bit before that. Anderson, when he was healthy, was like... I don't know, when everybody was healthy, was he the fourth goaltender last year to end the season? And he has, I mean, I I thought you move on from him. You trade him for whatever, or if you lose him through waivers, whatever. Because he hadn't played well at the NHL level. He hadn't played well at the AHL level. He hadn't played well at the junior level in a long time. And he just, he's a rock star this year. He, He is, he's the guy where... Dan Dunleavy asked me this last week, you going on a breakaway on Lukanen, and do you have confidence he's going to stop it? Because for 10 years, most goalies have thought, okay, this is, this is going in. Yeah, except for Miller. Except for Miller. Miller was the one where it felt like he was he was attacking the, the shooter, and they didn't stand a chance. And now I feel like two-on-one's coming in, uh, a breakaway's coming in on Lukanen and the way he's playing right now, I'm like, oh, he's got it. Yeah. It's, a, it's something, right? It, I don't know how reliable it is year over year. I was going to say that, like, I don't... I don't know, though, that I can get to all the way in. He's the number one goalie. We've found our solution because of the season he's having. The goaltender, a lot of goalies. If, you, if you're if you a guy that has Lukanen's season every year, this year that Lukanen's having, but you have it every year, I mean, you're one of the best goalies in hockey. Most goaltenders, I feel like it's kind of season to season. You know, they'll have years like this. And then they'll have a down year, and then they might they might Lucan might have a guy like Lucan and might have another season like this in a couple of years, and he might have that one year in his career where he's a Vesna guy. How many different goalies have had Vesna votes in the last ten years? Guys have career years and then they drop off and then they come back a little bit later on so I don't know that I'll feel like the Sabres have found their number one goalie as much as I might be even more frustrated that they've wasted a goalie season like this. They got it. They got, they got a it. season like this that we've been waiting for in net, and they wasted it. And how likely are they to have it again next year? Yeah. They got to pay him, by the way, too. They do. He's a restricted free agent. And one year like this, I, I don't know what that's worth. $4 million? $4 million? On a short-term deal, maybe like a bridge, a bridge deal. If, if this were Levi instead of Lukanen, would it be more exciting? Would it be more noteworthy? I think it would be more exciting because yes. Levi came in with all that expectation last year, lived up to it, yeah. and then if he's having this year that Lukanen's having right now, you know, jerseys are flying off the shelves. You got our future number one. Oh yeah, with Lukanen, you kind of just laid it all out there. There's, I've got to have a little bit of, okay, let's just make sure he's not having a good year. Because that does happen. Carter, you know, Carter Hutton had a good year. Yeah, they get what a nine fifty three or nine thirty something with the Blues and the led s- the league in save percentage, yeah. percentage one year. Yeah. So yeah. some guys have good years. Is Lukanen who is highly drafted ish, and has been a good prospect for a long time. Mm-hmm. Here he is. He's he's showing up for them. He just hadn't given you any signs before this season that this was coming. Like, I, I didn't think. there, were, and Maybe behind the scenes, maybe work ethic, practice, whatever. Maybe that was the indication that they were able to see as to why they hung, hung on to him. But game-wise, there was nothing with the Amherst, There was nothing with the Sabres through his first couple of years since he turned pro that told you that this was coming. But, okay, here here we are. Yeah, if it was Levi, it would be different because I don't have those three years with Buffalo and three years with Rochester where this just isn't happening. He was here by default. He hadn't played well with the Amherst. He was with the Sabres because they just didn't have any other goaltenders. And they needed somebody to play. And they didn't they didn't address it. We sat here and wondered when they would ever address it, and they didn't. Right. It, it was a big criticism of the Sabres as to have you're just going with these three guys again. It was weird to do it last year, and they did it again. Right. Adding Levi in with no ex- no experience or very little experience. And it is paying off, at least for Lukanen. So if it, I don't know. It, like, would it be a success? I don't think there's much out of the way of any playoff race almost making it. I mean, really making it in the first place was the starting point of the season. I don't know. I don't. I think nothing that they do while missing the playoffs like this is going to feel like a good year, or it's going to feel like it's going to be hard to take positives from it. This would be a positive, but again, I, I don't know how much I'm supposed to trust. Goaltender in today's NHL that this is just going to be in now for every season going forward. I mentioned Omar a second ago; even he's stepped back. Yeah, he was it, a Vesna. He, did he win the Vesna last year? He won the Vesna last year, and this year he's not even his team's starting goaltender. Well, that's because his other guy's really good too. But he is still good. He's like, still good. If I'm looking at goal save above expected per sixty, by the way, the Kings goalie last night who got roasted and pulled is one of them. But you, who do you have? Aiden Hill, Connor Hellebuck, Jacob Markstrom, Lena Salmark, Thatcher Demko. He's still he's still near the top of the list. Swayman also when there is Jonathan Quick, which is a bit of a surprise. That one is a total. But stunner. it takes it takes at least two to three years for goalie, I think, to be trusted by everybody. Like that's true. Hellebuck yeah. is definitely trusted. I think Almark has done enough to be trusted. Swayman's been good for a long time. And you've got some guys that are Aiden Hill won the Stanley Cup and was kind of a mm, let's see how that goes. And here he is. He's been great this year again. Yep. So with Lukanen, it, it's going to take more time for people to really believe it. But it, it's been a nice run. And it's silver lining. I, like That's what I want to say. The Sabre season has been a big, big failure on a lot of levels. And Kevin Adams spoke about it with Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, yesterday. We'll get some of his comments and play those for you. But th- is this the only thing going well for them? It's it's like L- Lukanen and Paterka. I guess yeah. is Zach Benson going really well, or is that going as expected for an 18 year old player? He scored a really nice, fun goal last night. I thought for sure he was going to go between the legs again. He, he. It seemed like he was uh, ready to do it. He scored anyway. Yep. Um, but, but, I mean, Benson has five goals. I was going to say, like, I don't. It's think... it's cool and it's still incredible that he's here in the first place and that he's able to with to hold his own. You know, he's penalty killing right like he's he's playing a defensive role almost for them but no I don't know like how much of an impact he's going to score 10 goals on the season if that if that again cool that he's here I think he's rightfully being called the best prospect in their organization by anyone that's doing like rankings like that but I I wonder I mean if Yuri Kulik is getting these minutes does he have five goals I mean he might be he might have seven might have 10 yeah Not, not to take anything away from Benson. But if you're ranking, Benson, Benson did something that like one guy in, in the league's done in ten years. Like yeah. be drafted outside the top ten and make the team out of out of your first. Draft Is that season. a comment about the team you make though? Um, yeah. I mean, does he make the Bruins? No. Does he make the Panthers? No. Not I'm, again. I'm not trying to no, take no, no, anything right. away from. Him. I'm just a real contending team. He's not. He's not on the roster. probably not. And if you're ranking the things that have gone well for the Sabers, it goes Lucan in one, Paterka two. Ryan Johnson three, and is there a fourth? Yeah, I'm out. Am I out? That might be it. That's that's not. I can't get to a fourth thing. Not a lot has gone well, but Luken is right at the top. It's gone really well. So you just be fine. Like there, there's no other like alternative. They're just going to be Lukanen and Levi at the beginning of next year. I mean, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But I'm like, well, last night there was Elliot Friedman telling everybody that UC Saros is available for trade in Nashville. There was a report that the Sabres were looking for goaltending help. Right. And then there was a report yesterday that Saros is, who's a legit number one. That's not John Gibson contract. Oh, I don't know if I want that. That's a guy that's been like top 10 goaltender in the league every year up until like this season. And he's still 28 years old. Like, I would want them to be closed to that type of idea. I'm not saying you need to rush Lucan off the roster. But I don't know if they think they can go get, they can use him to get the top four defensemen that we've been waiting three years for them <laughs> to go get. Yeah, like I know goalie. I mean, it's been waiting so long, and they've they've waited a long time for Lukanen, even right? Like he's been how long have we been? Oh, this guy Lucanin's coming at some point. Like that was he was Levi before Levi for that. So to finally have him develop and then just to quit on it. You know, would feel like, well, what am I doing all this for? But you'd be doing all of it for he's a tool, he's a piece to go get you something that you haven't been able to find in multiple seasons or haven't tried to find in multiple seasons if you think, if they still think Devin Levi is going to be a number one goaltender and they can do something else. I mean, I don't, I just wouldn't want them to be close to that. I'm not trading Lucan just to trade him. No. But, that that's going to be a weird contract negotiation. Well, and I I don't—they're not giving him seven years. Like to me, that would be nuts. So I think a lot of options should be on the table. And to your point about if, if he develops into a number one and waiting this long, it, it it can be viewed as a success story. But at the same time, burning multiple years of not having good enough goaltending and then coming out of that with one guy who's good, kind of looks like a success story. But you don't have to have burned years finding it. Like last year, when they burned a good team with bad goalies, but yeah. last year's team would have made the playoffs if they had better goaltending. So, whatever. There's there's some silver lining there. Eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty Sabers blow out the Kings in their black and red. Get a bunch of scoring, which is good. Nice to see goals again. We'll chat about that with you. We'll talk with Paul at seven o'clock. I want to get the results of my poll on digs. I don't know if you saw pro football focuses not spotrick but pro football focuses contract projection for Gabe Davis. Mhm. Want to get you that because Matthew Barry of uh Fantasy Life, yep. He I subscribed to his newsletter. He had a whole little section on Gabe Davis and what's going to happen with Gabe Davis. We'll get to that. Plenty to get to. The digs chatter, I mean, there's no nothing new. Just people still tell me every day. I get emails they should trade him and I think it's nuts. So, we've got lots to catch up on. We'll talk about love and Valentine's Day in our first cars, too, if you'd like. Jeremy and Joe on WGR.
0: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Paterka in the far corner. Open the scoring in this game. Here's Benson in front score!
1: Doc Benson, that's all he does is go to the net, and he gets rewarded here. The Sabres pick up their fifth of this game. It's
0: 5 nothing Buffalo.
1: Mr. Dan Dunleavy on the call. One of the moments of the game brought to you by Firth Jewelers. For all the moments in your life, go forth to Firth. Take your calls on uh, the Sabers win last night. If you got a thought on that, we were talking about Lukanen, his emergence, and how that is a silver lining for the Sabres this year on a year that's been a rough one. Ayuk is about to play in a fifth-year option for $14 million. Okay. By the way, how about that? $14 million for his fifth season on a fifth-year option. Last year he made four. Hmm. Year four, $4 million of a receiver that good. That's why you draft him, baby. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Jeremy and Joe, good morning. If you want to join us, happy Valentine's Day as well. Without looking it up, I'm 99.9% sure it's both Jim Kelly's and Drew Bledsoe's birthday. I think, they're both, yeah? I think they're both Valentine's Day birthdays. And my college roommate, Paulie. Okay. <laughs> That's a pretty good uh, I birthday th- to share. I hope he's a Bills fan then. I got to text him. He is not. He's not a no. Bills fan. He's... So he would not be as impressed with sharing a birthday with Jim Kelly and Drew Bledsoe? That's right. He is a Giants fan. He's from New York. Okay. You were correct on both counts. All right. I got to text Paulie and see if I'm three for three. Look at that. We'll get uh, Tim on a cell in. Tim, good morning. How's it
0: going,
1: guys? Good, Tim. Thanks. Go uh-oh, ahead, but oh Now the phone's not working for us. Try that again. Yep. Yeah. He wanted to talk about Lucanen. Yeah. Well, Who's been great. We're open to that. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun, a fun season to watch him. I mean, it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't make the games as exciting. Is that is that any reason why they're not scoring as many goals this year? Isn't that they they don't need to as often? There's the back and forth game that they might have got accustomed to last year, just doesn't have to happen. Doesn't happen. I mean, there's there's well, a lot more one nothing, two nothing, two one scores. It really might. I, I I wonder if it's just a function of they don't score first anymore. They used to last score. night. They did, and it was like a like what? Yep. Like they scored five minutes into the game yesterday, and it felt like you know they have a terrible record of trying to overcome getting scored on first. Yeah. Horrible. I dug up and, and, the other in the, day in the first period too. Like they, yeah. that's one of their yeah. biggest problems is if they want to play a wide open style, the other team scores first, backs down a bit, and you know they're kind of screwed. I looked up the other day. They've basically played trailing at home this season twice as often as they've played with the lead. At home this season. Yeah. Like, most of the time they're on the ice this season, at least in the home games, they are, they are behind. And it's because they always give up goals in the first couple of minutes. And that was something Adams talked about yesterday, like right out of the bat, when he was on with Chopin Bulldog. Just, we, are our, our biggest problem this year, or one of them, is just we come out of the gates and, like, we just, we, we're not ready. Which kind of sounds like, you know, maybe that sounds like coaching a little bit. I don't, or maybe that's the group. But it's been a weird year for that, where they always are getting, they're getting down early, and then having to play catch up. Eight oh three oh five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. On the Sabers, Kevin Adams yesterday kind of shot down the idea that they are shopping Middlestat. They're not shopping him. Maybe they're taking calls. Which he right? He even he confirmed kinda after that, like teams call. Isn't he just? Going against the notion that he's calling everybody, seeing what they can get for Casey Middleset, Pretty much. Like, I didn't, I, I still believe that they would move him and that there are, I mean, he kind of said it, that there are conversations that are being had about him. Yeah. But he did say they expect to sign him. Now that could just be posturing. The thing about shooting that down is, you know, fine, a GM is going to publicly say, Oh, well, we expect to bring this guy back. We're We're not, we're not shopping him. The rumors as they've gone with Middlestat make sense. And a a good chunk of the Sabres fans and observers would say, well, obviously trading a guy like that makes sense because you already have too many guys signed at forward and too many prospects at forward. If they were to sign Middlestat, even, Joe, as you sit here and protect your assets and make it seem like you love Middlestat, okay. The day you sign him, every team in the NHL knows that all those forward prospects you have, now you have less room for them. Because you already don't yeah. have a lot of room for them. Let's take all the guys that are locked in and sign up. Signed up between. I mean, Skinner's here for a long time still. I mean, that's a long contract. But yeah. Thompson, Cousins. I mean, Quinn and Paturka are going to stay. Yep. that's four. Middlestad, I'm at five. Talks under contract. Talks under. I'm at that's, six. That's your that's your top six. And I've still got <laughs> none of those forwards. Yeah, Savoy, Benson, Cooley. I know now if you're going to make a trade, you are in a position where you are more likely to move one. So we'll see. I I, I feel like shutting down that conversation, you know, it's a position of strength you're trying to represent, but it's to me because it's a hard trade to make and if you don't make it then you might have to you might have to you might have to pay him. Well, I guess you don't have to because as we found out for sure from Adams yesterday, he's he's not in the situation that Reinhardt was in. It's not one more year and then he can take you to free unrestricted free agency. He, because of what games played at some point in his career or some, there's some weird re- reason why Set has two more years as a restricted free agent, not one, which by the way, the stupidest thing about this sport, it, it'll be good for the Sabres, I guess, because they'll get to control the asset longer, but Middleset's going to be 27 years old, 10 years into his career before he's finally able to test the market. Hmm. Like that that's how long it takes in the NHL, how long these teams have. But either way, they only can make a hockey trade with him. Like he said it yesterday, we're not looking for any futures. And how easy is it going to be for them to find a middle-stat trade out there? And you got to find a team, like again, you got to find a hockey trade. You got to find a team that wants offense enough that they're willing to give you something that's helping them. You might have to, you know, limit your teams you're dealing with in the first place because if you go call Carolina, just or Edmonton, somebody that's in a playoff spot right now, and they go, well, yeah, we we'd be super interested in Casey Middlestat, but wait, you want our defenseman that plays 21 minutes a night? Yeah. Like, why in the world would we do that right now? I think that's what's going to make trading him really tough because trading him for a first and a prospect is just not happening and makes zero sense in the first place. 8030550 Sabers win to the offseason we go for of course the Bills and uh we've got a Twitter poll about that I want to really dig into lots to do with it as well. Did you see the John Feliciano controversy? No. This is pretty good. This is as juicy as it gets. John Feliciano. So who started in the Super Bowl, for those who yeah. maybe maybe realized that as the game was undergoing, that, hey, look, that's John Feliciano. And got hurt. In the game, yep. And, yep. Beca- and you know this gets down to the margins. How did the Chiefs beat the Niners? One of the ways they beat the Niners was John Feliciano got hurt. Mm-hmm. And why was it so important? On a key third and four in overtime, the right guard that went in for Feliciano, Spencer Burford, he whiffed. Mm-hmm. The, and... Is this the play where Chris Jones unblocked? Yes. Okay. Through the B-gap, unblocked. So there's a video going around blaming the right tackle, Colton McKivitz. And Feliciano posted, I know you know all, so you should know that's not Colton's guy. A quick chop is not needed at the guy that was supposed to block him blocks him. So there's Feliciano defending Colton McKivitz, basically saying, like, yeah, the right guard missed it. Now, right. Burford... So re- he just kind of called out his, he fl- I mean, he's defending one teammate, but he's throwing another one right. under the bus. In an attempt to defend the right tackle, like, that was not his guy. Burford yeah. re- replied to Feliciano. This all happened on inst- on inst- social media. Sheesh. I opened, my p- I opened up my app to this. Get well, bro. Feliciano then apologized. This is, you know, drama, but whatever. I'm sorry, bro. I woke up hungover and being a B word and trying to have one's back. I hurt you. It's bleeped up, and I apologize. You got nothing but greatness ahead of you. I'm sorry. But this is a spot where, huh. <laughs> as a fan, or at, let, let, let's be real about it for a second. Feliciano uh, told the truth. Yeah. That is Spencer Burford's guy. How could you call out a teammate like that? Well, it is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. What do we want? We want him to pretend it's something else? Or do we want him to tell the truth? I mean, we want him to tell the truth. His linemen might fight him when he comes into the locker room. The, the guy time. who made the mistake doesn't want people to tell the truth. Let's just call it a miscommunication. Right, right. It was your fault. His other linemen probably would not want him to tell the truth there either. Right. Colton McKivitz Even him, I don't You're know. You're the guy catching all the flack online like, for missing the block because if you watch that highlight, what what happens? McKivitz blocks no one. While Chris Jones runs right by him. yeah. So you say, like, what is this guy looking at? Here's Feliciano to say it's not his guy. It's mm-hmm. not his fault. If you're McKibbitt's, do you want the entire 49er world blaming you for a year? Mm-hmm. And knowing knowing that it's not correct? Is it throwing someone under the bus or is it telling the truth? It's a tough spot. It's telling the truth. And you're right, like... I don't know. Like, how would Trent Williams feel about it? Who's the left tackle on that line? Like, doesn't he come in? It, there's no game the next day. If that happened and the season was still going, doesn't Trent Williams come in the next day and is like in Feliciano's face about like you're for telling you the truth? Yeah, you don't you don't air our dirty laundry and you you let it go. And if McKivitt says so, what he should do is he should let me be blamed for it for the rest of my life. But again, that's like that's how it works. You got to choose. You've kind of started all that just by the tweet in the first place, haven't you? Though. No, if you're Feliciano. No, it was already going out there that McKibbit's Feliciano yeah, yeah. was responding to the viral video blaming okay. Colton McKibbit's. So here's no, this. Right, but Twitter thinks it's Colton McKivitz's fault. This is like, let's say the Ray Ray McLeod fumble happens on that punt return mm-hmm. and a replay never shows that it hit the foot of a of, of the other player.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: in the moment everyone's really ra- mad, why would Ray Ray McLeod even try to field that ball? Oh, it's because it touched someone. Mm-hmm. Instantly yeah, no. instantly, your mistake is understandable. That's that wasn't your fault. And in the In the course of – for Feliciano here, I'm not saying what he did was right, but it is a tough spot because it's, should I tell the truth and throw the backup right guard under the bus, or should I let my right tackle take the heat for something that wasn't his fault? And then him and Jalen Carter got into it on Twitter? That I didn't see. Jalen Carter of the Eagles said something. uh, Because this is where I thought you were going with the controversy uh, between Carter and Feliciano. Carter maybe was – was he a teammate at some point of of Buford or whatnot? But essentially, Feliciano was claiming that Jalen Carter threatened him. I don't know if it has anything to do with the Buford Buford thing, but like this was all happening yesterday, so I thought it did. Um, but either way, like what was it? Carter said yesterday, I'm trying to find like stop trash talking my my dead teammate or something like oh, that, there, that. I have no idea. There was like a bunch of stuff happening with Feliciano yesterday. He's kind of a crazy dude. A little bit. A little bit. He's talked a little bit of junk about the Bills and McDermott since leaving, I think. Yes, he's, he's he been has. been one to do that. Yes, he has. 803-0550, 888 to join us. Jeremy and Joe, when we get back... I don't want to tease for you when we get back. I've got a bunch of different things here. Um. Ah. But- oh, the other thing was... So maybe it was about Buford that Carter was saying. Because Buford... Burford, Burford, Burford. Spencer, Spencer Burford, He tweeted back at Feliciano after he said that it wasn't. It was Burford's fault, and Burford said, "Sheesh, I open up my yeah. app to this." Yeah. So it doesn't seem like he appreciated it very no, much. He doesn't. But shouldn't it be on Burford to come out and say, if it's your fault, say it's my fault? You're the one who should come out and say that it's hey, it's my fault. Yep. Rather than get mad at Feliciano for saying it. When we get back, a stat of the day on the Chiefs that'll it's going to bother you. I don't know who that is. The who? The, the, they don't exist. The, uh, the Kansas City football team. A per- stat on no. them and the Super Bowl that's it's going to bother you. That and then Paul Hamilton on the Sabres as we uh, cruise through Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day on WGR. Happy Valentine's Day. You're not going to love this stat. This Is the stat of the day I've got for you here? Someone did some uh, digging. Stat of the day brought to you by Seneca Gaming and Irving, home of the biggest biggest bingo payouts and slot machines with thousands won daily. So the Kansas City Chiefs have uh... they've they've won again. They've won again. They've won. Th- they've won three Super Bowls. In their three, appeared in four, but in their three Super Bowl wins, mm-hmm. they've been called for. That's 13 quarters of football because of an overtime win as well, right? Right. 13 quarters of football and Super Bowl wins, they've been called for zero holding penalties. (laughs) What? Come on. I mean, Mahomes throws the ball fast, right? But come on. Zero? How many many pass plays is that? It's probably a lot. It's going to be hundreds, right? It's probably a lot, yeah. It's got to be hundreds of pass plays that they've not been called. He runs, too. Yes, he does. Like, none of those aren't. That's a lot of times when you see a holding call is the lineman doesn't know he's about to take off, and he's got his hands between the shoulder pads, and then when the lineman tries to chase Mahomes because he's running, you're. it's not even really the lineman's fault. It just happens. And that that's never been called either? Yep. That did not make me feel great. Forty-six pass attempts against the Niners, 27 against the Eagles, and fifty against the Niners. None. That's a hundred and what? Twenty, hundred and thirty pass attempts and not a single holding call. Cool. Eight oh three oh five fifty. Sabres win. Their next game is uh tomorrow night, Florida. Boy, the Panthers are Rolling, yes, they are. Uh, they're very good. Thirty-three. Sam Reinhart, second in the league in goals. Yeah, 33, 15 and four. They are absolutely smoking right now. The Panthers. They. Um. I, I went through this yesterday because it's kind of funny about the Sabers about regulation wins in the Eastern Conference this year. Yeah, the Panthers are number one in the Eastern Conference this year in regulation wins. They have the most. Sabers have the sixth most. Tampa, Carolina, Boston, New York, Florida. Those are the only teams with more regulation wins than the Sabres this year. They, they're they not playing great, I don't think, in the season overall. They're not scoring. Their power play is terrible. But you could make the case the Sabres are not where they should be in the standings this year because they just don't make it to overtime. That's tough. Getting overtime wins and points like that, it's not sexy, but you know you could add like Seven, Seven points, loser points. Yeah, if it was just, do you win in regulation? They would, they would be in a playoff spot. But eight oh three oh five fifty. Paul Hamilton on the other side will recap last night's game with the Sabers, uh, talk about Kevin Adams' comments, and uh, then switch gears after Paul to the Bills and a conversation about what, how they should approach this season, what the mindset really is. I've got a Twitter poll about that, about whether or not they should view winning this coming year as unrealistic, which was something that was asked to me. Jeremy and Joe on WGR.
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today.